The Carter Report presents Living Victoriously. Secrets of Success from Prime Minister Daniel of Babylon City with your host, John Carter. So glad to have you folks back. This is the second part of the series, Living Victoriously. We're talking today from the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, where these young guys were discovered to be 10 times better. Uh, we, re- we read the story in the last part of the first part program. We had Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, and they purposed in their hearts that they would follow God. And the Bible tells us that God so blessed them that they ended up being 10 times better. Now, what we're trying to get across to every person today, you folks watching on television, to the studio audience, is this great truth, that if you and I purpose in our hearts that we're going to do what God wants us to do, God is going to bless us, and we are going to be 10 times better. We are going to be victors, and we are not going to be victims. What I'm trying to tell you today is this. We don't have to go through life with a complex and say, I'm a victim. I was born with this sort of color. Or I was born in this society. I was born in this country. I was born with this deprived education. Therefore, I can never, never get ahead. I want you to know with the blessing of God, you can be 10 times better than you can even imagine you could be. Ten times better. And so today, what we're doing, we're talking about living victoriously. Um, Never victims, always victors. And remember the great theme text is, he purposed, this is from Daniel chapter 1, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, and the story ends up, he's ten times better. I told you folks in the last part of the, first talk about Desmond Doss. He was just a boy off the farm, um, just a boy from some little town in, in the Midwest in the United States of America. He didn't have a, a big education. He didn't really come from a privileged background. He wanted to get in the army because he was an American patriot, just a young guy like Daniel. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah that we're reading about today in Daniel chapter 1. And here you've got this young guy off this farm from a, a troubled home, and he purposes in his heart that he's going to follow God. He goes in the army, and he won't carry a rifle because of his religious convictions. He's persecuted. The people, the soldiers who worked with him before he got into battle, they thought he was a weirdo. But the time came when his battalion wouldn't go into battle unless Doss went with them. I guess most of you folks have seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge. It's the story of a young guy from a poor background who became a mighty soldier for God because he purposed in his heart. God blessed him. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved on this occasion 75 soldiers. He was wounded four times himself. 
this young Seventh-day Adventist nonconformist. And uh, Harry Truman gave him the highest award that you can give, Congressional Medal of Honor. His fellow soldiers held him almost, you know, not almost, but in awe because of his courage and his integrity and because he just shone like a star. He was 10 times better. I want to say to the young people watching the telecast today, I want to say to our studio audience, God can do amazing things for you if you believe in him and if you purpose in your heart and if you put God first, like Martin Luther. Now, you all know about Martin Luther, who stood before the imperial diet at Worms. And Martin Luther, who had purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself and who was determined that he was going to follow God. You know the story. They tried to kill Martin Luther. They tried to get rid of him. But a great movement got going. And that movement swept around the world. Now, I want to tell you folks something. The people who followed the teachings of Martin Luther, that is, sola scriptura, only the Bible, only Christ, only grace, only faith, those nations, I want you to know this, they became 10 times better. <laughs> they became, I want you to know it, they became 10 times better. Now, have you ever wondered this? I don't want to sound nationalistic, but have you ever wondered this? Why does America have an immigration problem? Russia doesn't. <laughs> uh, people are not lined up beating down the walls. They don't have to build a wall around Russia, folks. People are trying to get out. But people have been coming to America for a long, long, long time. You know why? Because this nation was founded on the teachings. This is controversial. It is the truth. This nation was not founded by atheists. It was founded by people who believed in the Bible. And they believed in sola Christus, only Christ, only scripture, only grace. Why do you think they're trying to get up from Latin America and everywhere else? Why are they talking about building this big wall? <laughs> they're not trying to do that in Russia. They're doing it because people have realized that this country has got something better and it's got something better because it was founded upon the teachings of the Bible. This is the truth. I know there are lots of secular people now in the United States of America and they're trying to do away with America's heritage. We don't believe this stuff. Listen, this country has been better because it is founded upon a better foundation. And that's why people have come here. That's why it's been 10 times better. Because, now this is very politically incorrect, but so be it, because it was founded as a Protestant country. Now, you've all heard of Abraham. Well, you know the story of Abraham. Now we're talking about living victoriously, being 10 times better. 
Now we're going to go along to Abraham. Here comes Abraham. Here he is. You know the story of Abraham. Now God called him out of a barren part of the world, told him to go into a place by faith, and then he had a lot of trials. And one of the biggest trials, he was told to offer up his son Isaac. But you know the story of Abraham. Abraham purposed in his heart whatever God told him to do, he was going to do. Now you can be like most people in the world. You can say, I'm just going to go with the crowd. The crowd stands for mediocrity. The crowd put Christ on the cross. Don't forget it. But the people whom God has blessed in this world have been individuals who stood up for God and for what they believe in. Martin Luther, Desmond Doss, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this man here. And the Bible tells us something about this man. If you come over here to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 12, please come over here to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 12. The Bible says, Therefore from one man, and him (laughs) as good as dead, (laughs) from a man as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. You know, God provided a lamb in the place of his son Isaac. But here is a man, almost a better one. Nobody would have known anything about him. But because Abraham decided that he would follow God and stand up for God because he purposed in his heart and because he was not a mediocre conformist like most folks. God blessed him. (laughs) He became the father of the faithful. Millions and millions of children. The Muslims looked to him. The Jews looked to him. They call him father. The Christians look back to him. God didn't bless him 10 times. God blessed him a million times. What am I trying to tell you, folks? If you purpose in your heart, like Daniel, these three young guys, if you decide to step out of the crowd and to follow God, God is going to bless you. He's going to make you 10 times better. You know the story of Jacob and Laban? Laban was a tight-fisted beggar. Laban was just tight, just tight and mean, nasty sort of person. And here's Jacob, who later was called Israel, Prince of God. He's working for him. And this mean old Laban, he's got the meanest streak, he's got the streak of a camel in him. So mean, he changes his wages 10 times. The Bible says 10 times. <laughs> Laban, uh, uh, Jacob says, I've had it. I'm going to leave. Laban says, oh, just stay. Name your wages. Well, he said, I, no, I don't want you to pay me anything. 
just let me pass through your flock and let me take out the ones that are speckled, the ones that are brown and the ones that are striped. Let me have those. And Laban says, this is the deal of deals. <laughs> he said, I don't want those things anyhow. You're going to have them. You take them all. <laughs> and so he gets the deformed ones, the sick ones, and he gets the blessing of God. You know what happened? When Jacob says, you can have those sort of sheep, those goats, they multiply like crazy. Then he changes the wages 10 times. He says, no, I made a mistake. You can have those sheep, those goats. And they multiply 10 times. Jacob has his name changed a bit later on. It's changed from Jacob the supplanter and he becomes Israel, the prince of God. He's ten, no, he's not 10 times better, a thousand times better. Why? Because God blessed him, because he purposed in his heart. I want you to come over here, if you don't mind, please. Genesis chapter 30, and we're going to read a few texts there in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 30 and verse 30, where it talks about the man who became 10 times better. For what you had before I came was little. It has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. If you can get a person who believes in God, you better get that person on side. See, better employ that person. And now, when shall I also provide for my own house? So he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. <laughs> if you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And these uh, shall be my wages. Give me the losers. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks, female and male servants and camels and donkeys. How do you figure that out? He got that which nobody else wanted. Now look at me. If you don't understand this principle, it's because you don't know about God. But if you understand this principle, your life is going to be changed. The blessing of God makes rich. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I could give a testimony. I wasn't planning to, but I'm going to give it. <laughs> the Carter Report is not the biggest ministry in the world, but God has blessed us. Ten times, ten times, ten times, ten times, ten times, ten times. Yeah. We've been able to do stuff that other people can't do, that wealthy organizations can't do. They just, they say, we can't do it. It's impossible. And they say, it's, it, we don't have the money. We say, we don't have it, but we serve the God with the money. We serve the person with the money. We serve the man with the money. I had a person come into my office here in Moore Park a little while ago. He's a big American businessman. He said, you must be a good businessman. 
I said, I'm not a businessman at all. I'm flat out being a pastor. <laughs> he said, no, you, he said, how can you pay, how do you pay for all of this? How can you run these huge, big evangelistic campaigns? I said, because I believe in the God who makes us 10 times better. He blesses us. Mm -hmm. Like he blessed in the last program. Dr. Hammond, how he blessed the doctor. 10 times better. Abraham, how he blessed Daniel. Became the prime minister. You know what our problem is? We don't have enough faith. Most of us are just talk. Hear what I'm saying? Most of us are just talk. But God wants to make you 10 times better. God's blessing will make you 10 times better. Look at this. God's blessing will make you 10 times better. Then there was Joseph. You know the story of Joseph? He was a bit like Daniel. His brothers got jealous of him. Uh, Joseph was a bit uppity. You know, he started to tell them all these awful stories about people bowing down to him. That got him a bit mad. So they threw him in a pit. And then they sold him to some people going down to the land of Egypt. Then he got a job with a man by the name of Mr. Potiphar. And when he got into that place, this young guy was so blessed that the whole household was blessed. So I tell you, I want to take people into my organization like that person because when they come in, they'll bring a blessing. I don't want somebody coming in who's going to bring a cursing. I want somebody who comes with a blessing. So God blessed out of his house. But you know the old story. There's a woman involved. <laughs> and the Bible says this young man was uh, handsome and she was wicked. And she tried to seduce him. Because she said, this young guy is 10 times better. And he had, had nothing to do with her. He ran away. Left his cloak, which was not probably the best thing to do. Left his cloak. And when Mr. Potiphar got down, out she came and she said, this Hebrew servant that you brought in, he tried to rape me. So poor young Joseph, he's just a boy. Hasn't got white hair like me. So they throw him in prison. He's there for years. Bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. you don't, don't complain because something bad happens to you. That's a lot of people. Life wasn't meant to be easy. Life wasn't meant to make us into crybabies. Hear what I'm saying? God doesn't want <laughs> crybabies. God is breeding man. You know what I'm saying? And ladies too. So he's in prison there for years. Then a couple of guys get thrown there from the king, the baker and the butler. You know the story. And they have these dreams. You can't keep a good man down. So Joseph interprets the dreams. But when the man, the butler, when he gets back into the king, in, uh, back to Pharaoh, back to the king's palace, he forgets all about this young guy in the prison. But God didn't forget him. Then the king has a dream. You know the dream, Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream. 
Pharaoh has a dream and he dreams about the fat sheep and the skinny sheep. You know, you know the story. Dreams about this, this dream. And then the butler gets over his amnesia and he says, when I was a bad man and I was in prison, I met there a young guy by the name of Joseph. And the king says, bring him to me. So they shave him, make him clean. They put some deodorant on him. (laughs) And they bring him into the palace and the Bible tells me, Joseph becomes the prime minister of Egypt. Amazing. And he saves the world because he feeds them the bread of life. Amazing. Not 10 times better, 100 times better. What's wrong with some of us? We're living such little, tiny, sniveling lives because we don't have any faith. There's a text talks about this. Joseph, a bit later on, meets up with his brothers. Genesis 41, 41 to 43. Pharaoh said to Joseph, oh, Going back a little bit, we're going to read it though. See, I've set uh, set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. He clothed him in garments of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck, had him ride in the second chariot uh, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt, prime minister next to Pharaoh. And then a little bit later, he meets his brothers. And that, the brothers who had done him in. Genesis 50, verse 20 and 21. Genesis 50. He says to his brothers, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, Do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them, spoke kindly to them. You know what he said? He didn't say, I got lucky. He says, you meant evil. God meant it for good. People can mean evil to you. Doesn't matter. God can make you 10 times better. Ten times better. They can mean evil, but God can turn the evil into good. It's happened in my own life. One of my favorite characters is Moses. You know, Charlton Heston played Moses. My sister said Charlton Heston was more Moses than Moses. (laughs) But there was Moses in the court of the great Pharaoh. I've studied this period in Egyptian history. I know it pretty well. I know all the pharaohs. I've met quite a few of them face to face. I've been into the Cairo Museum, the great Cairo Museum, and I have been uh, into the Royal Mummy Room with my team, with Dr. Hawass, the great director of antiquities for the land of Egypt. I was in suitable company. (laughs) 
And when I was there, I went and I looked at my old friend, Ramesses the Great. And I saw, they say, people have said, are these the real guys? Yeah, they're the real guys. Fair dinkum, true blue. They're the real guys. I saw also there, Hatshepsut, possibly the foster mother of Moses. Ah, Moses, Tut Moses III, the great Pharaoh who said, I will not let Israel go. But I never saw Moses. He could have been the Pharaoh. But Pharaoh Moses, as he could have been, uh, is not in the Cairo Museum. He's in heaven today. Mm. You know why? Like Daniel, purpose in his heart. Like Abraham, purpose in his heart. I will serve God. And he did. And Moses is not 10 times better. He's a trillion, trillion, trillion times better. And those young Hebrew men back in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, one of them eventually became uh, the prime minister of Babylon. His friends became uh, the secretary for this foreign affairs person in charge of HUD and Minister of Defense. <laughs> Ten times better. Do not sell yourself short. Some of you are selling yourself short. You're not reaching your potential. God wants to bless you. God has called us not to failure. God has called us to greatness. With the blessing of God, his people are 10 times better. Amen. Hi there, I'm John Carter in Havana, Cuba, this communist fortress. We're here to preach the gospel of Christ to the public. But more than this, we are running a school of evangelism and biblical studies for the Cuban pastors. 140 pastors coming from right across this wonderful island, and they're coming to join with us to study how best we can meet the needs of the Cuban people. The Cuban people are just the most wonderful people. They're warm, friendly, and I'm amazed that in the meetings every night that we are taking, that I think most of the people there are young people. Now, of course, when I say young people, I mean people up to say 35 years of age. <laughs> uh, they're young to me, but they're so warm and they're so receptive. And when they come forward night by night to accept Jesus, they come with tremendous sincerity. So what a privilege it is to be here in the land of Cuba. But remember to pray for the pastors. 140 pastors are coming from Guantanamo Bay and other places right across this island nation. They're coming to join forces with us. Think of this. They're coming from Guantanamo Bay and everywhere. We're going to meet with them, study with them, pray with them, to devise the best means of reaching this nation 
for the Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you for being my special partner. copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.